You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. this chapter side by side, you would think the same author wrote them. Well, ultimately, the same author did, God. The apostles were tremendously concerned about this matter, and they left nothing undone in their endeavor to warn these first Christians about preserving the purity of the faith and contending for the faith that had once and forever been committed to them to defend it and to make certain that it should never become adulterated. Pastor Danny will be approaching an uncomfortable passage in today's message, one that most people would likely skip over if they had the chance. But by teaching verse by verse through God's Word, these passages will come up. Pastor Danny will remind you that it's important to study the whole Bible, every word, as all of it's from God. If you leave out uncomfortable topics, you run the risk of corrupting and warping Scripture to fit your own personal needs, and that's not what it's meant to be. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of 2 Peter chapter 2 with today's edition of The Living Word. The verses we're about to read, 2 Peter chapter 2. Grab your Bible, 2 Peter chapter 2. Follow behind the very important truth that God used men who were carried along by the Holy Spirit to pen what we have today as our Bible, God's Word. Uh, The Holy Spirit's very careful to remind us that none of these men wrote or spoke of any private interpretation. And that's one of the things that you can note to uh, recognize false teaching. Any teaching that came about by one person's own interpretation, you can go ahead and mark it down, it's false. That's why a lot of the cults, as we refer to them, uh, you know, they were started by just one person's idea. Now, Jeremiah, before we get into Second Peter chapter 14, uh, here's what God says about these Old Testament prophets that made things up and really weren't speaking for him. Chapter 14 of Jeremiah, verse 14, the Lord said to me, the prophets are prophesying lies in my name. I have not sent them or appointed them or spoken to them. They're prophesying to you false visions, divinations, idolatries, and the delusions of their own minds. Now, in light of that background from last week's text, um, we continue chapter 2, verse 1, but there were also false prophets among the people. We read Jeremiah. Just as there will be false teachers among you, they will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Now, before we read any further, and we're going to read the whole chapter. It's a lot. It's a mouthful. I'm going to read you from expository sermons on Second Peter by a fellow named Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. He's with the Lord now, but he pastored a church in London beginning in 1943 uh, for about 30 years. Uh, well-known preacher in his day and still known today, and uh, people like me still read um, some of his sermons. And this is a collection of sermons from Second Peter. 
And when he gets to Second Peter chapter 2, I just want to read you just a little bit of what he says because it's the way I feel, all right, as I approach Second Peter chapter 2. I approach this chapter once more with a good deal of disinclination. It is, as I think almost agree, one of the most terrible and terrifying chapters in the entire Bible. Anyone who enjoys reading a chapter like this must surely be abnormal. It is a chapter which has much in it that is unsavory and unpleasant. And I say left to one's own choice and one's own likes and dislikes. This is the kind of chapter that one would avoid. And Sebastian, you can thank me later for not giving you this chapter. Anyone who does not follow a system of Bible reading which takes one through the whole Bible is certain never to read a chapter like this. People who only read their so-called favorite chapters and who pick out the sections that they like uh, would never spend much time on this second chapter of the second epistle of Peter. Then he goes on to talk about how, hey, if it's the word of God, we got to look at it. We got to teach it. We got to preach it. The epistle of Jude bears a very striking resemblance to this chapter. And if you put Jude and this chapter side by side, you would think the same author wrote them. Well, ultimately, the same author did, God. The apostles were tremendously concerned about this matter, and they left nothing undone in their endeavor to warn these first Christians about preserving the purity of the faith and contending for the faith that had once and forever been committed to them to defend it and to make certain that it should never become adulterated. So those are my thoughts as well. He just says it a lot nicer than I could. Verse 2, many will follow their shameful ways and bring the way of the truth into disrepute. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with stories they've made up. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them, and their destruction has not been sleeping. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but sent them to hell, putting them in the gloomy dungeons to be held for judgment, if he did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on its ungodly people, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and seven others, if he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah by burning them to ashes, and catch this, made them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly. And if you rescue Lot, a righteous man, who was distressed by the filthy lives of lawless men, for that righteous man living among them day after day was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he saw and heard. If this is so, then the Lord knows how to rescue godly men from trials and to hold the unrighteous for the day of judgment while continuing their punishment. The idea is some of their punishment is going to happen this life, but the ultimate punishment is going to happen at the judgment. This is especially true of those who follow the corrupt desire of the sinful nature and despise authority. They become independent. Now, as we continue the list, let me just note, this is not an itemized list that characterizes every single individual false teacher. It's a sweeping overview of characteristics of false teachers. Bold and arrogant, these men are not afraid to slander celestial beings. Always bothers me when I hear somebody talk flippantly about the devil. Don't just flippantly say, I'm going to kick the devil in the teeth. Listen, you kick the devil in the teeth, he's going to have you for lunch. Jude says that Michael, the archangel, when disputing about the body of Moses with Lucifer, did not 
bring a railing accusation against him, but here's what he said. The Lord rebuke you. The Lord rebuke you. You better make sure you have the Lord. Yet even angels, although they're stronger and more powerful, do not bring slanderous accusations against such beings in the presence of the Lord. But these men blaspheme in matters they do not understand. They're like brute beasts, creatures of instinct, born only to be caught and destroyed, and like beasts, they too will perish. They will be paid back with harm for the harm they have done. Their idea of pleasure is to carouse in broad daylight. That word carouse is a word that literally means uh, they like good living, and if they, if they can have it, luxurious living. It's the same word used in Luke chapter 7 when Jesus asked the people what they went out to see when they went out to see John the Baptist. And here I'll read Luke seven twenty five. What did you go out to see, Jesus said? A man dressed in fine clothes? No. Those who wear expensive clothes and indulge in luxury, there's the word, luxury, are in palaces. So these guys are really into this life and the things that this life offers. They are blots and blemishes, reveling in their pleasures while they feast with you. With eyes full of adultery, they never stop sinning. They seduce the unstable. The unstable are those that don't have a firm foundation of truth in their lives. They are experts in greed and a cursed brood. Makes you think about what Jesus said to the Pharisees and Sadducees. On the outside, you guys look and appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you're full of dead men's bones. You're full of greed and self-indulgence. They have left the straight way and wandered off to follow the way of Balaam, son of Beor, who loved the wages of wickedness. But he was rebuked for his wrongdoing by a donkey, one of my favorite stories in the Bible. A beast without speech who spoke with a man's voice and restrained the prophet's madness. These men are springs without water. You will not find the spiritual refreshing from them or their teaching. And mist driven by a storm. They can get a lot of attention, make a lot of noise. But again, nothing that's going to really give you spiritual growth and refreshment. Just miss. For they mouth empty, boastful words, and by appealing to the lustful desires of sinful nature, they entice people who are just escaping from those who live in error. That fits with what the opening verse was, uh, in verse 2 anyway, many will follow their shameful ways. Why will many follow them? Because what they say appeals to human nature. It sounds good. It's better for me, at least temporarily. They promise them freedom, while they themselves are slaves of depravity. For a man is a slave to whatever is mastered him. Life will be difficult. It's inevitable and part of being a resident of this fallen world. The question then becomes, how do you handle unexpected trials? Through this study in the book of 1 Peter, Pastor Danny has been encouraging you to take your troubles to your Savior. He cares for you and is the strength and comfort that you crave. Are you facing an unexpected or frustrating situation today? Can we pray for you? There's strength in lifting one another up in prayer, and we're honored to do that for you. Send us an email at info at ccf S-T-E-P-E-T-E dot church. Would you pray for us here at The Living Word too? 
As our ministry grows, we always want to make sure that we're seeking Jesus first and our ideas second. His guidance is what we need. Would you pray that we'd recognize His voice always? Thanks for praying. Do you live in or near St. Petersburg? If so, we have a special invitation for you. Pastor Danny and all of us at Calvary Chapel Fellowship would love to have you join us for our weekend services. We gather on Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. And your presence would be such a blessing to us. Find out more and get directions at ccfstpete.church. Thanks for tuning in today. Join us next time to hear another message from Scripture right here on The Living Word.